Hi, I'm Maureen Spielman, and this is Mystical Sisterhood. I'm a soul care coach and lifelong learner committed to creating conscious conversations around joy and healing. Each week, I'll host healers, intuitives, and other courageous women doing the necessary work of reclaiming our worthiness, honoring our intuition, and letting the light in so we can more clearly see the light in others and ourselves. My intention is to plant the seeds that lead to insights and revelations for you, the listener. Please join me in building this global magical sisterhood. And thanks for being here. Okay, welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. I'm your host, Maureen Spielman, and today I'm here with Susan Lucci. Susan is a dear friend of mine, and we've known each other for many, many years. I think coming together over 10 years ago for certain. Uh, Susan is a soulful facilitator, one of her main roles in life, a life design catalyst coach, and a certified purpose guide. So these are just uh, a few of the, oh, I guess, what would we say, titles that describe you, Susan, um, or, you know, if we had to put a label, but you are so dynamic and you are so much more than that. And so we're here to kind of share your story and your work today, and I couldn't be more excited. Um, And I'll first say that when we first met, I was a younger version of myself, um, an exhausted mother with three small children. And I know you can relate to that. And I spent my days, my long days at home with them. And I didn't even know it, but I think I was craving conversation and I was craving something deeper. And you put out an invitation for what you called circles at that time. And I thought this looks so interesting to me. And I think I'm going to go check it out. So it wasn't easy for me to get babysitters in those days, but I did it. And I showed up at your first circle in Oak Park, Illinois. And it wasn't your first circle, but it was my first circle. And I settled into my seat and I listened to what was being shared. And I took the invitation to soulful questions that you were asking. And I just leaned in. And I didn't even know what exactly was occurring, but I knew that I would take that invitation week after week after week. And then sitting in your circles, it became something for me that, gosh, I don't even know. I feel like I probably sat in circles six or seven years altogether. So I just want to kind of, we can start there about what are circles to you, you know, and how did you get to that point where you were at the place of this is something I want to start and this is something that's calling from within me. So welcome. Well, thanks, Maureen. I'm so happy to be here and so proud of you uh, birthing this, uh, your latest baby with this podcast. So what an honor to be here with you. And uh, just brings awake and so much alive in me about uh, circles and how many circles we have set in together. Mm-hmm. So all of those women are now in this space too. And thank you for all you contributed to the evolution of circle. Um, you know, circle uh, as a way of being and being together is an ancient archetype. And somehow I'm so grateful, but she knocked on my door um, at a time when there was a confluence of a lot of life events, um, including one that brought us together, I think. A little brief shout out to our husbands who worked together and introduced us. And um, 
I had, I had played out the moving sidewalk of my life, right? I was a student. I was a lawyer, everything I imagined from a little girl. I got married, had my three kids and uh, started sleeping through the night again because they were all going back to school and sleeping. And um, so I had a little bit of time and space for myself and started going on uh, an occasional like retreat Mm -hmm. and I would get like a taste of something. And then I would come back on Monday and I would say, and now the laundry, you know, it was just like back in the day to day. And I wanted like, how could we continue that retreat Mm -hmm. feeling and connection? And I mentioned uh, our husbands because they worked in the financial field and uh, mine had lost his job. And so it was at this point, like your kids are in school. What are you going to do next? Oh, surely you'll go back and practice law. And, you know, it was all of these um, circumstances from the universe. And I was like, no, I'm not. Um, But what am I going to do? And I did not know anybody. Um, I knew a few people doing really great retreats, but I could not find circle. I tried on book clubs with women, but it wasn't the kind of conversation that I was craving. And I have since found a great poem by Tara Moore called U-shaped hole, um, which is like, you know, there's a U-shaped hole in the universe. And when you identify it, like that's your work. And so um, I took on, I was like, well, if I can't find this, it must be up to me to create it. And so, yeah, for many years, I was kind of like known as the crazy circle lady in our town <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, just learned, learned so much. And uh, one of the silver linings of COVID was to realize like, I'm not alone. There are hundreds, if not thousands of people holding circle around the world, you know? So this, this as an archetype, as a way of being human together is, ancient. Uh, it is indigenous before we even had language and it's ever evolving. Um, so yeah, I count those years among some of my, my, uh, my greatest work. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for the background and explanation. Even some of the words you use, um, sacred archetype. And I remember when I first sat in circle with you, you talked about women and elders being around a fire. And how that was an origin story of how people came together. And so can you talk a little bit about that? Like how how that's evoked by calling circle together? And then is there a correlation then between that circle and then the wisdom that comes through it? Yeah, and it um, it is definitely something bigger than me, you, the women there. I learned pretty quickly is that I could I could prepare and learn best practices and what are structures right that we can do. We speak one at a time, for example. It was that was very counter to the culture at the time. Where if I had a women in my a group of women in my living room, right, we would all talk over each other, blah blah blah. Yeah. And so that there were some practices and just like slowing down and catching up to ourselves. Right. And I very intentionally would light the candle. We would set our intentions. There were a lot of pieces that I was pulling, you know, forward from these ancient practices of when uh, folks sit in circle and how it goes um, and, and some commonalities and somehow that it just is, it reliably sets a container for Mm -hmm. trust and uh, where you invite in people to really share from their heart, right? We sit in circle instead of having a table between us. And now, now we are, and we can see each other and we serve as mirrors to each other. And it didn't take many times of doing that to realize like, oh my gosh, there is group wisdom. Like I just need to get out of the way. I need to set the structure and hold the container so that there's enough safety uh, for people to lean in and be courageous and brave and share their truth. Uh, And then the, 
the side-by-side nature of it. And with women, another thing that just, you know, I didn't set out with like a business plan to do this. It all just was, was occurring through us, between us and among us. And when I could see the transformation of women coming into my living room, exhausted, unfocused, uh, distracted, um, not, not taking care of themselves really. Um, and, and yet having great, you know, careers and raising children and wonderful community activists. But in two hours, us sitting together, something was happening that was nourishing and nurturing all of us. And they would leave, restore, we all would, restored, inspired with new wisdom, you know. And so I can only credit that to what I now know as, you know, the kind of the universe that was moving. And so mm-hmm. as a circle tender, just what is, what is my role is to, is to set that container and hold it as best I can for that emerging wisdom and energy to move Mm. through each of us and to really honor it. Yeah. I love that. Um, I feel like I want to stay on circles just a little bit because you're describing a lot of that, that container that you set kind of a new way of being. And as I was reflecting on when you started them, I think you had in your bio that it was over 12 years ago and maybe a little bit longer even. But um, with that idea of what was coming to you and then how, how did you build them? Because this is, circles are something that that you've trained other people to do. But like if, if women are cra- craving, creating something like this, even in their own neighborhoods, even in their backyard, you know, have you seen it grow in those ways? Oh, absolutely. And I really honor that. I'm all, I also do purpose work. So before I share kind of the best practices, um, because it's an archetype, I don't feel like I have like a copyright on this, right? I mean, this is something so much bigger. It's, it's just more a practice in a way, like you say, of being together. And I had gotten to the point where I had slowed down from my energizer bunny lifestyle mm-hmm. and was doing meditation. And I was sitting still for like an hour a day. And I was noticing like, wow, I was, I'm a much more patient mom when the kids come home at three, if I just sit still. And it was so hard for me to sit. But I got to this point where I just had this realization, like, I cannot evolve further by myself. You know, mm-hmm. and I need like I, I this line came to me, which um, is just that we can't become ourselves by ourselves. And I noticed like moving it into circle like we could with that intentionality and we could really the support that came. And that was that was very different than what I had seen at the law firm among even women there, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. that this circle of support and what we could become together by yeah. just being together. People would often remark like were we just sitting here together talking and like <laughs> all of this happened, you know, was, um, was really remarkable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I think too, that honestly, it, it, when I re- recollect the time that it really was the beginning of what I look back and see as the beginning of a mindfulness movement and the, the, this vocabulary, I don't know if you remember that, but the vocabulary was starting to be introduced and, and I recall too, talking about moving from the doing to the being. And I also see that is moving to the outer, to the inner worlds. And that at that time, because I was a mom of young kids, I was, I was taking care of them. I was running to the grocery store. I was running to Target. You know, it was all about the errands and uh, taking the kids to the lessons and things like that. And you would suggest these things. And I, and at the time I was, uh, I was 
pretty far from it, it felt. And I just remark on that because I can see my evolution now through the years. And sometimes when certain things are suggested to us, we were ready to hear it, but it might not come out to play in our life for years. And that's okay. And that's, then I always used to remember you'd have all these nonfiction books. And I think like, gosh, how does she read those? And again, you know, here it is X amount of years later. And I find myself in that place too. So it's like, we're all moving at our own pace. But I, I think that what I really, really honor in what you did for me in my life was you simply set the container, set the stage and you ask the questions. And I just never underestimate the value of a really deep, and you used to always call it juicy question. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That really became my work in preparation along with really nurturing my own presence, right. To hold space. And I have best practices and a pretty simple, like how to guide on my website, you know, that folks are, it's there as a gift um, that folks are willing to use. There are some best practices and lots of ways to do this, you know, and mine aligns with my purpose. I had that quote from Frederick Buchner about vocation um, that was guiding me, you know, and that's what I was looking for before I I got into this work was, you know, that your calling is the place where your uh, deep gladness meets the world's deep need. So the way I hold circle, right? Like I love learning. I just, I just love, and I was studying about consciousness with Barbara Marks Hubbard and in part of all the mindfulness I was training with um, MBSR and, you know, um, search inside yourself and all this stuff, but I could take all of that learning and I could weave it into, you know, kind of an agenda. I always had that, but then letting it be what it was. And Mm -hmm. it really got into like, what are the juiciest questions I can ask? And not, not that we would come to answers, but I loved it when at the end and when we did our checkout, if women, they, they took away a question, like they were Mm -hmm. just leading with something powerful. And, um, and I think the other ingredient that I recommend that I, that I have moved from, and when I guide people with purpose, I'm always looking for is the heartbreak. Mm. Right. And so I had this heartbreak and, and I know you and I have talked about this before, like we come from women um, who it wasn't safe to share what was on their heart. Right. It just wasn't not that they didn't have friends and family and, you know, a beautiful life, um, but it just wasn't safe um, to share. I often refer to that like the 30,000 feet discussion, yeah. you know, that we often bump into people. We've gotten a little bit better since COVID where we don't just say, how are you and expect fine. You know, we're listening a little, lingering a little bit, but there was something about my heartbreak Mm -hmm. in that. And then my heartbreak, when I would hear women check in and like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And I like, that broke my heart. Like, these are amazing. Like I have sat with some, I mean, I think all, but amazing humans And then I got curious. I'm like, I need to learn about purpose. I need, what is that ancient ache in us? You know, so I think it's really important. Something about what you're doing and offering here, right? Comes out of your heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And I think as women, especially that it is what I know now is that it's our superpower to wear our heart on our sleeve, like to really learn this way of heart to heart communication. So I really encourage whatever that looks like. For you, for us, you know, yes. it's like find that heartbreak, find that. And then what does it look like to like wear your heart on your sleeve? Mm-hmm. It's our superpower. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, I always recall the the beginning talks. I had never even really considered vulnerability and what that looked like, because I think how I saw it 
in women who came before me, it was either pretty tamped down, pretty suppressed, or maybe came out in a messy way. And so they're just, I think where we are, we've like on the podcast I've talked about before, just the whole idea of generational change, but it's so powerful. Um, It makes me think of too, just, you know, was it an easy thing for you? Obviously you had this calling that you were uh, considering accepting the invitation to when circles came to you and, and reviving this ancient archetype, but was it hard for you to leave behind something where you studied for the the three-year law degree or did you just know in your heart that that was done for you? Well, the way I experience purpose moving through me is like, I can't not, Mm -hmm. you know, like I can't not. And I didn't know the whole picture. I actually thought at the beginning I had gathered um, women in my living room, like 30 for a, um, it was called uh, Living Your Inspired Life. Tama Keeves, I reached out to this author who wrote this book and she ended up in my living room when dark fall night. I mean, it was all just like (laughs) beautiful synchronicity. And so I was actually thinking we could do this circle thing because afterwards women were like, what are we going to do now? And so we started meeting once a month, but what happened is they were like, damn, you're good at this. You're, you're doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and I have tried a couple of times to get like, come on. And I love when I can empower other women in here. Uh, I just walked this morning with a woman who is, who is holding circle. And I just, I love it. Right. Because more is more, there's a beautiful book called the millionth circle by Jean Shinoda Bullen. And um, somebody, one of the initial circle ladies placed it in my hand when I was learning circle Mm -hmm. and this concept of like the millionth circle, right. That if we keep working towards that, and I think I'm pretty close to my thousandth circle contributing wow. to this pool, mm-hmm. but then we can shift consciousness. We can shift the way that we are human together, which is really aligned with my purpose of why I'm here is like, can we be better humans together? Mm-hmm. You know, and what are those practices? Because it's new, it's new ground. It's ancient ground. Yes. And here we are in 2023. And, mm-hmm. and we really need, if we are to, I think, make it <laughs> uh, yeah. through these, this time of crises. Um, and I think there's something really powerful and potent about women. And Jean Shinoda Bolin says uh, in that book too, that, you know, women are the antidote and the answer to these crises. And here's the model that yes. is very feminine that we, mm-hmm. you know, can be together in. With that, do you see over the years that you've been doing this and with your recent work that that's starting to amplify some, that that's becoming a little bit exponential in terms of women kind of rising and putting themselves out there? Oh, absolutely. I was so heartened during COVID to learn of how many people in how many ways, because it was to your question, was it, it, it was hard. It was hard. Like going to cocktail parties. And, you know, I wanted to talk about these big questions of life and people just, most people just didn't, you know? And, um, you know, people would say, what's your, do you have a degree? Do you have, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have any training in it, you know, yeah. um, now I've got life lived experience and I actually yeah. have taken a number of facilitation, sure. but it's always hot. It's mm-hmm. always challenging when you're bringing something new in, right. When you're introducing something that is countercultural, you know, people would say, I've got my, my girls group, I've got my, tennis club. I've got my Mm -hmm. whatever it was. And that's awesome. And there's also something really powerful about creating community with new groups of women. And and that's what I've experienced, you know, and now, I mean, I sit in circles with people around the world and it, it it just, it it just blows my mind (laughs) how (laughs) how many people, right. And and yes. And and the work has just really um, exploded and I'm, and I'm grateful because we need it. Yes. Yeah. And I love that too, for our, if, if there are listeners out there today, because 
when I went through a lot of the path with you, I was, I didn't know what was next for a long time. And I have to say, I was really hard on myself for it. If I had a do-over to go back, I wished I could have been more compassionate with myself during the process. But I think that I did struggle with, oh, gee, you know, I went back for a master's degree and I studied speech language pathology, which we always say, <laughs> you and I will joke about the the irony of studying speech and language and getting your voice out there and then what I ended up doing. But it is a really important part just to say that here that 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 was there for me. And it didn't mean that it had to continue in the same form that it began in. And um, I it took me a long time, but I was willing to go, like you're saying, down a new path uh, that didn't have the formal degree. I already had a I already had a formal degree. I didn't know if I needed that. And I felt a little bit like, you know counterculture. Like I, I I just want to forge my own path, but I really didn't think it was possible. So I have a feeling that you really help seed that possibility for women too, when you do the purpose work. Well, and it's, it's fun also because you, you really only have hindsight to connect the dots looking back. Right. Yeah. You know? And so I, I can see that. And I love when I, when I can help, I think the older we get to, we have more threads to weave into the tapestry of our life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just came into the world as an advocate and all I could see in the affirmation I got from the adults around me, because I, you know, was smart and could, I was kind of forced to be articulate and forced to stand on the playground, mm-hmm. defending my brother who was being bullied in different things like lawyer. Like it was just there were only so many boxes that I even saw. Right. Definitely. And so I don't, I, lo- I still love that. I still use my, my legal knowledge and, and it certainly gives me some um, cred, you know, for mm-hmm. folks sometimes who are like, well, you're kind of out there. Um, <laughs> but I do, I think it's really, it's really interesting when you look back like an advocate, I'm still an advocate. I'm a yes. fierce advocate mm-hmm. and circles one way I do that. I also help people um, write essays and edit books, another way of getting their voice out there, right? So I'm I'm all about expression and yes. making room for lots of perspectives of expression. You know, I love, it's the part of me that is thrilled with you with a podcast using your voice in that way mm-hmm. um, as well. So, so it is fun. I think you can see it. I'll, you know, I'm living it. So of course I am with the lens of purpose is like, yeah, this all, this all makes sense. I know from the outside, sometimes people are like, wow, why do you do all those different things? But it doesn't yes. much matter. <laughs> yeah, no. And it reminds me of the words you used earlier. I think you used either nurture or nourish and I can clearly see it's just nourishing to your own soul. And then you get to bring that to others, the fire and the passion and the energy. Um, we touched upon when we talked prior to the podcast, just kind of the name of this podcast, Mystical and Sisterhood. And I liked what you had to say about both of those words, if you'd like to share. Yeah, I know. I love, I love it. Um, So I think a lot of my work is soul work, right? So to me that the mystical is, is our way of communicating with or listening to soul Mm -hmm. and also remembering that very young part of us uh, that naturally uh, can can tap awe and yeah. wonder and fascination with with this this mystical universe and yeah. right trained as a lawyer right logical right and a lot of what matters in our at least in the the western dominated you know U.S. culture has to be measured has to yeah. be tangible has to be seen and 
you know, I think I'm here in part to make visible that which is unseen, right? And so I think the practice of honoring the mystical and and knowing like that's also part of us and how we can communicate with each other. And it really, it nourishes. I mean, it's soul medicine, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so, so I love that. And right. I've had a number of like, woo woo, right. People like when it takes a little bit of um, time, I think to let go of the usual way of orienting with our minds to be like, Hey, did you just see that hawk circling over there? What is the message, right? Which my mother passed a couple of years ago, right? And now apparently mm-hmm. that's her communicating to me. And so how, how I can be present and all I can tell you, it's so enlivening to do yeah. that. So, and then to, to marry that with sisterhood, right? I think is so amazing. Um, you and I both uh, have sisters, yeah. um, which is, you know, a wonderful, messy, complicated, nourishing experience in of itself. And I live in Chicago without any family and, and I have, and this is now home for 26 years. Mm-hmm. And the, the sisters that I have made through circle, I mean, it's just the sisterhood, yeah. the, the practice of us sistering each other, which is mm-hmm. something I first lo- learned from Glennon Doyle, but like a really coming in, it's like an architectural term, like side mm-hmm. to side, mm-hmm. shoring each other up when we're yeah. sagging, <laughs> you know, I love to just think about that is, um, I do too. Yeah. Just that we're in it, we're in it together, right? And what is possible when the sisters see each other and uplift each other and not just sisters that look like us, right? Like I have the last several years really intentionally been interacting with all kinds of sisters, you know, from all kinds of backgrounds and voices and perspectives. And it just keeps widening and deepening my experience. Yeah. Um, so I just, I don't have any time for any of the you know, like kind of competitive me above you, you know, that old paradigm. So I think uh, the mystical sisterhood is, I think that's the way forward, Maureen. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It, it, it adds extra meaning to it for me. Um, I think it is a, also an invitation to new definitions. We didn't even know we had an old definition, but new definitions of how we come together and how we be together. And um, I love, you know, when you talk about being better humans. And it's just, it, it is so inclusive. And so just like, it's like big arms wrapping around the world. And, and yeah, so you were telling me too, that now, so you've done the circle work and really uh, segueing and adding to moving into facilitating. And so I know you have a few things going on underneath that umbrella of facilitation, but I'd love if you shared some of them because I think they're fascinating. Yeah. And I, you know, I also think it's important. So I'm 57 and um, I, we can get caught up in, oh, I found this thing, this circle thing. You can see how much, I mean, it's, it's so fabulous and it's a chapter. It's a chapter that mm-hmm. in a way COVID took away, right? Yeah. I, we sold our house. Somebody knocked on our door. I don't have my beautiful sanctuary anymore mm-hmm. for it. Um, and I think repeatedly, especially as we live longer, right, we have these, um, these liminal spaces where we, we get to reimagine who we are and what's possible. We get to bring forward all of our life lived experience and still mm-hmm. create and be in that edge of newness and that adventure. And so my stance right now is just completely open to the universe. You know, every morning I'm like, what, what, you, where do you need what you got for me today? Right. And so the universe has an amazing sense of humor and, and um, the work that I have been doing the last couple of years is just, it's fabulous. And it's a lot bigger than my living room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
um, facilitation is really what I have been doing in Learning and Circle as well. But the okay. heart of it is is creating these spaces, right? So that people can be um, vulnerable together. And it's really wild to do it in a room. Last week, I was in DC all week with 500 economists from around the world wow. um, getting together, right? Our intention are very similar to what you and I were doing in Circle to connect, mm-hmm. right? To engage. Um, they happen to be taking on these big crises in the world, which each of us are living in our own way right now. I mean, we live in such a complex, complicated time. And so facilitation, really holding space is very different than like an agenda that we're going to move through. Um, And so how, to me, it's the, my role is the practice of me being present so that I can invite everybody else to be present, which is like, we could talk about that for the next Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to really engage in ways that they can bring in something new, right? So we're not just sitting there, da 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 da, dumping everything we know. We are now together in a co-creative, collaborative space, and this is a new life skill and capacity for us, right? That we're not just talking at it. So as a facilitator, right, I've got the structure. I've certainly have timing that I'm keeping, right, and I've got this space and a flow of if there's different speakers or activities. But it's it's really fun. Um, it can be, you know, to bring in some levity and some play in it. And then some mindfulness practices, for sure. Breathing is always very helpful uh, to bring in that presence, yeah. um, you know, and so also doing some other platforms on Zoom where facilitating conversations. And so I, I'm loving the really the um, explosion of this, you know, um, I like to use a word other than that, but it, it has really yeah. taken off this facilitation and that people people are beginning to value the intentionality of design. Like, okay, what is the purpose of this gathering? Mm -hmm. And then how can we design for the best possible outcome and let it go that we're not planning for it necessarily, but we're designing um, to set it up. So it's a, it's a really interesting way of being together and like creating the conditions for us to be Mm -hmm. our best selves and bring our best selves to play. Absolutely. And I'm thinking about 500 people in a room and just, you are working now, you've, (laughs) you know, come from your living room with a group of probably anywhere, you know, 10 to 12 or less people around that fire, let's just call it to this big conference room of some sort with 500 people. So when we're talking about the deep needs of the world right now, like you were saying, like your definition of your purpose, those deep needs, wow that amplification. So then what can, it feels to me when you describe it, that this is the necessary work, that this work that was kind of, it was born in in like a really intimate space, but this idea that we can bring intimacy and um, those qualities like vulnerability to, to kind of the masses, like, is that possible? (laughs) <laughs> that is a beautiful <laughs> reflection. Yeah, and it does. It, it. I love being in the world of possibility, that playground of possibility, right? If I stay in the in the same old, same old with where I am and, and what I know and who I know, right? It's like the same things can happen, right? But when yeah. we when we keep stretching outside our comfort zone, and it was it was really it restored. Each time I'm in those, I have never been with five hundred, but e- each time I'm in this space just restores my faith, my love, my trust in humanity. And I think that 
that's really the muscle and the reminder and remembering we need to do now um, to connect. And as an antidote to the, you know, we are all seeing the crisis of loneliness, um, Mm -hmm. depression, you know, all of these things that happen when we are disconnected from each other um, and we are not fully expressing Mm -hmm. our purpose, who we are, what we came, you know, it it, it is a suppression of potential. Mm -hmm. And so it was just to feel like if I could bot like the energy in that room and the conversation and, I mean, the number of languages that were spoken alone. I mean, no one looked like me in that room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they agree on English um, as their spoken language, but it was, I mean, I said, let's say good morning in our language, <laughs> in our native language, right? And that alone, I'm like, wow, that diversity is just so beautiful, you know? Yeah. And right there, I I feel like it just with that question alone, just break the ice. I just feel like uh, so much in all, everything that you've described today people are ready for the work and they might not even know it, but as soon as they come into the room, they drop down into that heart space. I think you used to talk about heart space a lot and they drop down into that heart space and then they're in. It must be such a cool thing to see just occur. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Right. Yeah. When I was learning that you were in circle and I was learning like the capacity of our heart is Mm -hmm. multitudes. They've studied this right at the heart coherence Institute, California, like, that capacity and why was it being protected and shielded? And I get that, you know, it's, it is risky business um, and it's courageous when we can share. And then the possibilities, it, it just is incredible, I think. Um, and they were in, the, in that case, right? I mean, they are solving, um, trying to, right? The, the, all the big issues right now of war. I mean, there were people coming mm-hmm. from war-torn countries mm-hmm. and, um, you know, where climate is wreaking havoc on their front, like, you know, all of that. And so what better than to connect these teams that are facing these, you know, together. And we all are at some level, but if yeah. we can, we've got to be in it together and we've got mm-hmm. to find ways to do that. The isolation, the, um, the denial that, you know, it's, it's going to do us in, I think. So the, it leads to apathy. Like all of that is what I'm trying to create and co-create and be in places to antidote that. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me think about too, what you were saying with the quote earlier about, we need women now. And obviously this audience is a lot of women, but I think you were telling me the other day that you've been working with more and more men in these groups. So, what, what is not, what does that look like? But, um, is this our part of our population that you're inviting to come on board with this newer way of being, or how would, I don't even know how to form that question necessarily, but I think you probably kind of get what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, and it's certainly a practice of moving beyond the gender binary, right. Which okay. is what we're, what we're learning and being invited into. So I would say it's more feminine, right. Mm-hmm. Which we all, we all have uh, feminine and masculine and, and who knows where that will all come with this new, that's not meant to be gendered, you know, but the, the feminine qualities of circle and heart and creativity, right. Are, are what we are seeing and to come into balance with what we we've already got, you know, we're really good at those masculine qualities of Mm -hmm. getting things done, the doing. Mm -hmm. So let's even just, if we want to put it into a polar, you know, the doing and the being is what happens if we are doing things and we also bring in, it comes from the essence of being Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. It's a whole different, it's a whole different, you know, way way of being together. You can feel it. You can literally feel it. And even, and so it doesn't matter who, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, even if you take uh, like you're talking about essence of being, even starting with 
what's your intentionality set an intention right it 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 feels like it uh shapes the energy and hey you could have even if you had two you could have two wildly different intentions right and just but you probably have myriads of intentions um so it just opens up the possibilities when we start to infuse the soulful qualities in ways of life mm-hmm yeah, versus the model of like, let's go these 500 versus they, there's certainly a hierarchy there, right? Okay. But our intention is to connect and engage and that all the voices matter, right? Mm-hmm. So th- these are the different ways instead of, and we did, we did have some sessions where we had the experts talking and, and then it's always our, our role as facilitators mm-hmm. is, okay, how, what's the wisdom in the room is what I kept mm-hmm. asking them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a knowledge exchange. So the, what, and there's so many different ways of exchanging and there's so many different forms of knowledge, right? And so how do we, how do we engage? We are all needed. It is a time. Yes. I'm not sure it's ever not been a time, but this mm-hmm. is a time <laughs> where we are all needed. Uh-huh. All the various perspectives and views and, and energies, right? We each have yeah. our unique yes. purpose to bring. So how do we, how do we invite and engage and make possible everybody's participation? I love it. I love it. I just am sitting with that for a moment because it's so beautiful. And it's, it, I so agree with you from the microcosm to the macrocosm, to the stressed out individual, to the stressed out, you know, systems. Um, It's just needed at all these different levels. So now there's only one of you. (laughs) So do you work within groups or share sort of these uh, responsibilities with a team or how do you work typically these days? Yeah, right now I'm doing a lot of collaboration, right? I think mm-hmm. this is the new the new way of working. I still work one-on-one with folks. And, you know, the way I look at that, uh, like purpose guiding, you know, is that when, when each of us becomes more aligned with our purpose and more yeah. energized and clear about it, right, we affect hundreds, if not thousands, right? So mm-hmm. um, I do that in a deep, soulful way that does take some energy, but I still, I think that's the best way to do that work. But yeah, most of my work is, is, with different teams, and I, um, I really try to discern before I say yes to those projects to, yeah. to see what the what the intentions are, right, and how how they play together. You know, what are the shared agreements? What are the practices? Because mm-hmm. so much happens in the in between us, right? And so, do we both care for this space? You know, I'm thrilled to come talk with you, right? We there's something in between us that's bigger than both of us mm-hmm. happening, right? So. That's what I'm really curious about. And I'm even uh, working on writing about, about that, you know, like what is the, the potential of what's in between, whether it's two people in a conversation, you know, a, a family, a room, a community, you know, what are those and how do we, how do we begin to connect in a way to uplift the people that are care taking for our communities, you know, mm-hmm. and this, this we that is between and among us. Yeah. Love that. Love it. I also connect some of the work you've done, Susan, with um, teens. And you mentioned it before, uh, drawing out their voices. And, you know, it's a population right now that so many of us have so much concern about um, with mental health on the rise, issues on the rise. But what do you what do you see when you sit down and you work one-on-one with teens and, and sort of like kind of the, the hopefulness there too, and, and kind of what these young people sometimes have to say and share. 
Yeah, that is my 10th year really working with that college uh, essay process. And I do it in a way that is that they can really find their voice and then express it very uniquely to them. Mm -hmm. We're not like cookie cutter uh, approach to this. And I've certainly seen an increase in uh, mental health challenges. They are they are very vocal with me about it. Um, And I get and I love I have three kids in their 20s now, but I have this unique position. They are not in resistance to me, right? And mm-hmm. often like um, teens going through this, right? You know, as, as, a, as a parent, right? It's, just, it's a very different stance. So in the first session, when they see like, oh, she is on our side, right? It's just, <laughs> it just opens up so many possibilities. And I can, through questions, you know, I can encourage and stretch them to places they might not otherwise go. And so that, that trust and, you know, boy, there's just, it's such an honored space to, to shape, uh, and you know this as a speech therapist, right? Yeah. Very similarly, like like to really um, hold space for their voice to mm-hmm. emerge and pour out in in a whatever unique way it is. Yeah. Not like you've got to write this way or say mm-hmm. this, you know. Is there's just nothing like it. I just uh, I really enjoy that. And when they then we work through the editing, which is its own because the challenge is right. You've got six hundred fifty <laughs> words or one hundred fifty words, and I'm like, no worries, because now we have the challenge of editing. And then they see that, like, like talk about essence, right? Like when when we can say something succinctly, it is even more powerful. Like the poets, right? Um, they've got a technique down. And so when we move through that whole process, it is so awesome to see Mm. them. I mean, sometimes they're like, can I give you a hug, a high five? (laughs) You know, like I can really see that arc versus like they come in, okay, we've got to write, you know, we got to check this box and do this essay. So I, I love transformative work. I love work that, that really honors, they go on and and become better writers. They, I hear about them through college. I had a student Mm -hmm. just recently bring me a script that he wrote that he is submitting to Hollywood that Mm -hmm. I could work. So, you know, again, to this expression, right. We all came and this is one unique way is through words, right. You do it through podcasts. People do it through painting, however you can find your means and mode of expression. Mm -hmm. It's needed, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I hear, I hear a lot in that share alone, you know, with working with upper teens on these essays is I hear safety. I hear essence. I hear um, trust. I think of my kids worked with you and I bet you sometimes see these creations and this really soul, like soul coming through these kids, the parents might not even see it. So that's what that, that you're a person that they come to outside of school. And I say this in a way like that's so beautiful because that role alone where they can come to you, yes, there's an end goal, but they're, they're trusting you. You're in relationship. It's a connected experience. And that reminds me of what must also be a sacred archetype of, um, I can only think of elder in this moment and what a beautiful thing it is, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to give you that reflection of the beautiful work and all it's not just a process like, Oh, we're going to go to Susan and have her help you with your essay. It's so much more. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a mentorship of, of sorts the way I see it. And, and as you're naming those pieces, like it is hard to engage any human right now without their phone and not Mm. one of them is on their phone. Like they just like, I don't have to say, put your phone away. We sit like this at my table, eye to eye, heart to heart. And it, and they just look right in. I look right into their eyes and it, it is, it's so Mm -hmm. such a unique opportunity, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And it was born out of heartbreak. It was born out of heartbreak. I mean, you know, again, like because of a situation with my own child. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, this can't be this hard, Mm -hmm. you know, and this debilitating for 17 year olds. We've got to create a more meaningful process here. So, yeah, well, I have to think that a lot of what our listeners are hearing today are things that they are going to want to look into a little bit more for themselves. There's been just so many cool things named and, um, and in the show notes, I always put where people can find you, but, you know, just to share right now with our audience, where can they find some of your work and, um, yeah, whatever you want to share with how to reach you or yeah. Yeah, I think I'll just point them to my to my website. It's all there and they can fill out a form if they want to, um, you know, see me directly, which is um, www. Then it's twobigforwords.org with the number two big, the number four words. And a fun story, when I was first doing Circle, <laughs> I was with a group of women and they were asking me about Circle and I was trying to talk about it. And I got to the point where I was like, it's just too big for words. And one of the women was like, that's your website. Yeah. And so it has been, <laughs> that's what it's been all these years. But my, you could see my purpose guy. I have got kind of everything in there. So, okay, great. And I know that, that and some there's... best practices, if people want to try on circle, you know, I've got resources there too, so they can I love check that. it out. Okay, perfect. Um, anything else you want to add for our listeners today or uh, yeah, please share anything that comes to mind. Yeah, no, I just have immense gratitude. I think there is something about conversation that is really important to uh, making sense of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And to into making meaning of even what we're doing. So I'm so grateful to be drawn into this conversation to reflect on what it is that I offer the world, what it is that you see. Um, and it just has, you know, deepened, widened, expanded, you know, my... Um, my inspiration and commitment to the work. So thank you for the conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. And I also have deep gratitude and one of my uh, kind of ideas foundational for the podcast was just to uh, really share with this audience and this growing audience people, I mean, incredible people I've met along the way doing such incredible work. And so that's why I just needed you to be here as one of my, you know, first guests as I launched this. So I appreciate it so much. And uh, like I said, I'll put in the show notes, all the links for Susan and uh, the resources that she named, whether it was a poet today or uh, the million, the million circle book. Um, So you can find those resources too. But many thanks, Susan. And yeah, thank you to my audience too. Thank you. You well. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you like what you heard, please visit iTunes or wherever you listen to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I'd be so honored if you have time to leave a review. To find out more about my work, visit www.maureenspielman.com and download the five daily practices I can't live without. See you in the next episode.